This Washington Post Live podcast is presented by AT&T Business, keeping your business connected today and building it for tomorrow with 5G on America's best network. You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the Post's newsroom to life on stage. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer joined the Washington Post to talk about her work to help win back the upper Midwest for the Democrats this election cycle, the challenges of reopening safely during a pandemic, and the possibility of having a role in the administration should Biden win in November. Let's listen. Welcome back. Not too long of a break. I'm Bob Costa. If you're just tuning in, uh, national political reporter with the Washington Post. Uh, We are continuing our coverage of the Democratic National Convention, this virtual convention, and we're going to turn now to another rising Midwestern Democrat, Michigan's Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Governor Whitmer, good to chat with you again. Good to be with you again. Before we get started, I want to suggest that your graphics people look at Michigan on your map. I want to make sure it's, you know, well-defined with both of our peninsulas. That's true. I mean, those people in the Northern Peninsula, they get very, of all people who would know how they feel when they get ignored, you would know. I mean, I never display the map of Michigan without the both hands, you know, so. Both hands. You know, that, let's start there, Governor. It's, I was talking to some, some veteran political operatives today, and I told them about this conversation, and they said, ask Governor Whitmer if this convention, especially the Monday night program with Senator Sanders, does it play up north? Does it play up north in Saginaw County, in Macomb County? What's your gut on that? I do. I think so. I think that there were some powerful moments from last night. And I think of the young woman who talked about her father who passed from COVID-19. And that's a story that is, it's an example of, I think, many stories that are, are playing out across this country. People want to know that we've got leadership that can tackle the pandemic, get it under control, save lives, and build our economy back so that it is stronger than ever. And that's not been done. No one blames this virus on Donald Trump, but the response to it is his administration and decisions that came directly from the White House. We have 170,000 people who have died, millions out of work, and yet There's still months into this, not even a real plan for testing or for a nationwide mask mandate. These are simple things that that we're all counting on to get it right. And I think those stories from last night will resonate with Michiganders everywhere. Governor, when we first spoke at Washington Post Live months ago at the beginning of this pandemic, you drew national notice for having tough measures as you tried to confront the spread of the virus. Now in August, as you've been dealing with this, this crisis, what do you know now about the virus and about the spread that you didn't know then? I think we as, as you know, mankind has learned a lot about this virus. I mean, that's the nature of a novel virus, right? We've never seen anything like this before. And so we've got to listen to our epidemiologists and our public health experts. We've got to make decisions based on the best science and information that we can get our hands on. And we got to talk to one another in that process. One of the things for which I'm most grateful is that I've built some wonderful relationships with my fellow governors on both sides of the aisle, whether it's J.B. Pritzker in Illinois or Mike DeWine in Ohio. We've got a great Midwestern group of governors who talk regularly, who share information, and we each benefit from that. We're all trying to build a plane as we fly it. 
and grappling with a lot of the same worries. When we take kids out of school, how do we feed the children who get two meals a day because they are um, they're at risk? How do we ensure that we are capable of meeting the needs of, of our people if they are unemployed and how do we keep them in their homes? And so this has been, I think, a moment where I'm so grateful that I've got these relationships, but also that we've got phenomenal experts like the University of Michigan School of Public Health and my chief medical executive, Dr. Janae Caldoun, who's helped mm -hmm. inform every decision we've made. Speaking of relationships, Governor, it is campaign season, but governing at all levels must go on. When is the last time you had a personal discussion with Vice President Pence or President Trump about coronavirus pandemic issues? You know, I haven't had a one-on-one -on -one, uh, in, in a bit, but I was on a call just today with the nation's governors and the vice president to get an update on their coronavirus response. So we, I do these calls. I'm on the executive board of the National Governors Association, and um, I participate in all of the calls. And, and we had Dr. Burks gave us some updates today as well. So we do stay in regular communication. I will say that uh, FEMA has a seat in our State Emergency Operations Center, not literally because we're not all getting together, but figuratively. And so we've really um, embedded uh, different members from the federal government into our State Operations Center. And I think that's been uh, really important and helpful. What about on the Postal Service front? Is there anything you can do as governor to monitor what's going on and to counter what's going on at the federal level in terms of mail and mail-in voting? Yeah, so a few things. First of all, in 2018, I was really pleased to um, be elected, but also uh, that the voters of my state and their wisdom elected Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, Attorney General Dana Nessel. These are um, fierce advocates for voting for integrity. So we have initiated suit against the federal government. We've joined a number of other states. Our Attorney General is leading that effort. Our Secretary of State is leading the effort to ensure that we've got drop boxes so that people can safely vote from home, but also ensure that their ballot gets in in time in the event that the USPS has been um, seriously undermined. And so we are working on both fronts because we want to make sure every ballot uh, gets counted and that regardless of what side of the aisle someone sits on, they should be able to safely vote from home in the midst of a pandemic. We need to be able to do both. How big of a climb is it, Governor, uh, for Vice President Biden and Senator Harris in those counties I mentioned, Saginaw, Macomb, or places like that in Michigan, suburban areas or areas that went for President Trump in 2016? So just as a, a little perspective, in 2016, President Trump won Michigan by less than 11,000 votes. Just two years later, when I ran for governor, I won by about 400,000 votes. And so we really built up an organization here. That being said, and, and while I flipped, I think, nine counties that President Trump had won just two years before, all that being said, when you see polls that have Michigan in a double-digit difference, I don't buy it for a second. Michiganders will um, start to make their decisions after these conventions, after Labor Day. 
the numbers are going to definitely tighten up, and I don't think anyone should take Michigan for granted. And that's why I think Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's economic plan to make sure that we are able to get people back to work, that we buy American, that we are focused on upskilling and leveling the playing field so hardworking American jobs um, are, are valued and valuable, that we can make a good living doing them. I think that there's a lot of um, work in his economic plan that is going to resonate with Michigan voters and people want to know about the economy. How do we get it up and running? How do we make it sustainable? And most of of all, how do we ensure that it inures to the benefit of the hardworking men and women who are trying to feed their families and make sure their kids have a, a better opportunity than they have? So the tricky thing here in the, in the final stretch of this campaign is candidate travel. And there's no doubt the Biden campaign wants to win Michigan, but you know it as well as anyone. You're the governor. You won by a huge margin, as you said. Is it going to be necessary for Vice President Biden or Senator Harris to physically put feet on the ground in Michigan between now and November to have a chance at that state? We have a good organization on the ground. So we built it up from scratch in 2018 and we've kept it going. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the team that we have. I do not know if in the midst of a pandemic, if um, the former Vice President or Senator Harris are gonna be able to physically get to states. I, I just don't know. And frankly, I don't recommend it. Um, we know that this virus is still very present all across Michigan as it is all across the country. Uh, we have got strict rules about congregation and people coming together. And I want the vice president to stay healthy and not put himself in jeopardy. And I, I wanna keep the citizens of my state safe. And so I think that we're gonna have to be creative about how we stay connected. I know he loves people. He loves coming to Michigan. We've spent a lot of time together in diners, et cetera. Um, and, I, and I talked to Senator Harris this weekend. She's very focused on Michigan as well. Uh, but we'll see kind of what, what, the, what the lay of the land looks like. But in the meantime, we are organizing. We do have an army that is, is ready to work and, and is continuing to do that work. And we're just going to keep at it. Uh, Governor, when you look at the convention schedule for tonight, some former presidents, uh, Mayor Buttigieg and I were talking about President Carter. He's going to make some remarks. Also, pre former President Bill Clinton will be speaking at the convention. You know what plays in the suburbs and swing states and battlegrounds. To have President Clinton give a, a speech tonight, however brief, good idea or bad idea? I think it's a good idea. You know, I, I really do. When President Clinton was president, we had incredible economic growth. Uh, people had had jobs that paid well that they could raise their families on. I think he's, you know, is a compelling orator and has a, a gift for connecting with people. And so I, I do think it's a good idea. I'm really looking forward to President Carter speaking as well. I think that he is um, post presidency has done so much for this country and has continued to serve our people. And I think he's such an inspiration. I was asking Mayor Buttigieg about his future. I read, Governor, correct me if I'm wrong, that you would prefer to stay in Michigan if Vice President Biden wins the White House. How hard is your line on that? Would you really turn down a chance to be in the cabinet? <laughs> you know what? I'll have that conversation with Joe Biden if and when he wants to. But here's the thing. I love being the governor of Michigan. I worked for two years to earn this opportunity. And even on the hardest days, 
I'm really glad to be here because I know that the decisions we've made have have saved people's lives and put Michigan in a much stronger position than a lot of states are in right now because of this this pandemic. I have three generations of my family. I've never um, sought an office that would take me away from Michigan or to Washington, D.C. That being said, I know never say never. So we'll we'll just have to have a conversation when, if and when he ever wants to have it. But like I said, I would like him in the White House so I've got a close friend and ally in D.C. so I can do more on behalf of the people of Michigan. Did the whole vetting process for vice president, having to hand over financial information, sit for all these interviews with probably some people and lawyers you didn't know, did it leave a sour taste in your mouth or did it give you, uh, did you leave it with a positive attitude? Oh, I left it with a positive attitude. I found everyone to be incredibly delightful and professional. It's not a fun thing to go through, but by the same token, it was an honor to be asked. And frankly, I, I told the vice president, you know, my 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 greatest hope is that he's got a partner that he feels good about that is going to help him get his agenda accomplished. The, the fact that he chose Kamala Harris, I think, is a wonderful thing. I am really excited about it, and I can stay here in my home state and do what I need to do for the people of Michigan. So that's a, a good outcome from my perspective, I, and my whole family was happy too. What did you think when you saw that your plane travel, you're, you're trying to take a quiet flight to visit the vice president, it became a news story. What was that like? You know, I, I've I've been gotten more comfortable with the heightened scrutiny that comes with the office of governor, but that was a whole new level. So that was a, a bit of an eye opener. <laughs> Final thing here, Governor. I know your time's brief with us today. Hope you come back sometime soon. But when you're sitting there with Vice President Biden, you had a real opportunity to have a one-on-one -on -one with him in depth. Many Americans don't have that opportunity. He will have a chance to speak to them this week at the convention. But what did you learn about VP Biden in that one-on-one -on -one conversation? Something that maybe we don't know about him. You know, I don't know if I've learned anything that we don't know about him. I can tell you this. He is genuine and he cares about people. One of the things that over the course of this pandemic is he is called to check in long before he asked me to go through this process and throughout the process to check in. How are things going on the ground? What do you need? What are you seeing? What you know, if if the federal government was doing everything you needed them to do, what would that look like? And I know he cares. I know he cares about people all across this country. And I think that 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 ease with which we can get right down to business and and develop a a cadence where we're really sharing information and getting down to brass tacks is something that um, is is incredibly endearing, but also gives me great confidence that he is the man for this job in this moment. And you think of all the talented people on that stage at the beginning of this process, and that it's Joe Biden right now. Um, I think he can walk in on day one and do a lot of things that are going to improve the quality of life and America's standing in the world. And that's why I'm so excited to support him and Kamala Harris. Governor Whitmer, we appreciate it. If he wins and you join that cabinet, we want that scoop at the Washington Post. Remember that. All right. <laughs> you got it. All right. Governor Whitmer, thanks again. Thank you. Thanks for listening. To hear more interviews from this series and other Washington Post Live programs, visit us at WashingtonPostLive.com.